You're listening to Kapow, the pop culture podcast. Comics, television, movies, and more. If it impacts fan culture, we have something to say about it. And now, your hosts, Jordan, Cliff, and Seth. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Kapow, the pop culture podcast. It's lovely to have you. My name mm-hmm. is Jordan Lowe. It is lovely. I'm Cliff Barnes. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> see how lovely it is. <laughs> oh. Kind of bring a little class to the joint. Yeah, I like it. I, uh, did I tell you guys we got a new cat? We saw some pictures. Okay. Didn't know if I did or not. I couldn't remember. It's been... Uh... So never the old one never came back? Oh, no, no. No, we... She turned up that night. Oh, so, so you have two cats now? So we have two cats. Double the cats. Right. And, so you uh... what, you jump the gun on replacing the first one? Yes. Yeah. Um, no. No, she only... Uh... Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, our... our cat we've had the last believe it or not it's been like five years already right um that's one of my favorite anecdotes from from our shows your yeah. your cat story yeah chewing through the cardboard box uh, <laughs> sinking her claw into my neck <laughs> um no uh so what had happened was what we're talking about is our cat did get out one night and i'd messaged seth who lives couple doors down to keep an eye out but um but no she had come back that uh that same night and um wasn't an issue but uh our our oldest moved out um the 22 year old and uh found himself a a night real nice place to live um gonna be close to work uh for him and his girlfriend and, uh, so they're, they're living in, you know, the next little town over. And, um, Alicia had been, uh, saying, because our cat, you know, we talked, we've joked around about what a butthole she is, uh, most of the time. And, uh, Alicia had been saying for, for some time now, months and months that she, she felt she, you know, she wanted a, another cat. And uh, want to quote her, one that loved her. <laughs> and uh, so I had seen online one day that uh, our local um, humane society was ha- was was full of cats and dogs, and they were having an event one weekend where I think the like for cats the adoption fee was like twenty dollars, and so it was like fifty percent off all cats. Um, take as many as you want. So I had told her, I said, Hey, one day I said, uh, it's like a Saturday. I said, why don't you, why don't you take Carly and you two, uh, go down and, and just take a look around, see, you know, see what they have. Um, not necessarily bring one home. She called me two hours later. Uh, already had one. Um, and, and was just like, Oh, what do you think of this? And I was like, it's already in the car. Like, I think it's, I think it's, you've, you've taken it, you've claimed it. And, um, 
So so we got this uh, little six-month-old kitten. And I uh, got a mail this time. And they sent me uh, a picture of the cat. I was at work. And it said something like, Oh, what do you think of um, Axel? And I was like, Nope. That's a terrible name. I don't like it. And uh, I said... <laughs> I said, keep the cat, but what lose do you th- the name. lose the name? What do you think if we call it Lando Catrizian? And they didn't fight me on it. So, uh, <laughs> so we got a Lando <laughs> and a butthole and a butthole. <laughs> exactly. Does, Land, uh, does Lando love your wife? Did, he, did he she does. get that th- affection that she needs? I, I think this cat loves everything and everybody and everyone. And uh, it's been really great. And uh took about, uh, ooh, I don't know, maybe four or five days keeping them separate from the butthole. And, uh, and, and then you introduce them to the butthole. And it went... Um, it went a little bit better than we, uh, you know, there was some tension. There was some growling and swatting and, and, uh, out of context. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You get near the butthole, you get, you get near the butthole and, and you might get swatted. There'll be some swatting and growling. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some hissing. But, uh, but uh yeah they're, don't they're, introduce it you're never gonna you'll never yeah. find out and um <laughs> it's it's going great <laughs> they're they're almost best of friends now now do you talk to it in a billy d williams voice i have not tried that i, I, I would have do. to like, yeah how are you doing kitten I, i'm pretty sure it'll it would uh it you would... old pirate <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it would drink a Colt 45 because this cat eats everything. <laughs> the the uh, our other cat um, Luna, uh, she eats cat food. She drinks water and she has no interest really in anything else. And this cat um, will try and snatch it from your hand. So, so I'm pretty sure uh, Colt 45 would would not last too long around the old Lando cat Rezian. Well, I think if I wanted a cat, I could have one because there's one that just keeps sitting outside my house mm. most nights of the week when I get home. But like when I start walking up my steps, it runs away. Hmm. Like it'll stand there waiting on me. Yeah. And then it'll run five feet and stop and look at me. And then as I get closer, it'll run away a little further. Like he, he wants to, he, like I feel like if I left my door open, he'd come in at some point, but I'm not going to do Yeah. That. Just to tease you and then run away. <laughs> But he it flops down on his back and like shows me its belly, like it, like it look, like it wants to be petted. But then if I get close, it runs away. So hmm. it's trying to introduce you to the butthole. It's a complicated cat. Do we have a title for this episode already? <laughs> I think we have four or five. <laughs> Oh my god. So okay. Yeah. Ah, wow. 
what we got tonight? Well, we were talking, still talking about movies. Okay, I watched a movie <laughs> called Willow. Hmm. I don't know when the last time you guys saw Willow was, mm. but for me, it was the late eighties. Oh, okay. nineteen eighty-nine. <laughs> and I remember thinking it was fine at the time, and uh, just felt like something that I never needed to watch again, as far as I could remember. But I thought, okay, this new show's coming out. I want to give it the best shot I can by at least knowing what happened before. Yeah. Is the movie movie on Disney plus? Yes. They just put it. Yes. And it's been one reason a lot of people haven't seen it in the last 30 years is because you couldn't watch it. It was barely ever on anything. No, Mm -hmm. no streaming platforms had it. Anyway, they put it on there this past week and I was like, I'm going to watch it. And so unlike Netflix, when they dropped the dark crystal show, Right. They did not have the Dark Crystal movie to stream. So Ridiculous. I never ended up watching the show because I wanted to rewatch the movie. Yeah. So I yeah. watched some of that show, but I did and but I would have definitely watched the movie first if I had I had instant access there. But this was great. Like I said, I just they put Avatar on there. I watched it to prepare, did the same thing with Willow. And that movie holds up. It's good. It really holds up. It is a extremely 80s movie that uh, you know it was it's super fantasy yeah like and this is george i was like this is so well made like i would i know it's a ron howard but it's that weird lucas film vibe to it from from back in the 80s that they made a bunch of that stuff that always kind of felt real weird and looked funny i was what i was just like so impressed with the effects like, I mean, yeah, so, some of it looked clunky, but it was that 80s clunk that mm-hmm. that was charming. And I, and I was, I'd been watching that ILM show, like, like Magic or whatever, and I'd only made it a few episodes. And then after I watched this, I went back and watched cause up a couple more episodes to make sure I saw when they were doing Willow. because And they did have a part about that. And definitely, I would not give much credit to Ron Howard as the, in this movie, but this is this is ILM's baby. This is George yeah. Lucas. This is George Lucas wanting to make Lord of the Rings. He's like he loved Warwick Davis and was mm-hmm. like, I I've got a Hobbit. Here. Yeah. <laughs> I am going to make Lord of the Rings, and they're gonna go on a journey to you know. It's just so that, and he he's like, I've got the, you know production team right here to make this happen and he Mm. did it was i was so impressed with the effects um i was surprised i laughed as i was watching because i forgot about the brownies yes and and i was like it was always such like it felt like a thing to have a little person uh (laughs) that's what it's about you have warwick davis and you're like You've got this little person, and he is not there. There's a baby smaller than him, and then there's these these Two. guys, the brownies, who are like way smaller than him. They're we like stole the, the baby. They're the littles, you know. <laughs> and what I was like, is that Kevin Pollock? Like what? I can't believe this, you know. Yeah. And and it was fun 
Warwick Davis is fantastic. He, I, it's really a statement on how underused he is mm-hmm. and has been for the last, you know, his whole career because nobody casts Mm-mm. little people unless it's a star Wars it, unless it matters for the plot mm-hmm. you know instead of just having a representation for this yeah. you know it, and i feel like that is probably coming you know other than the elves in in bad santa and the you know ewoks and you know what when do you what am i missing where where else have they been and harry potter I feel like Peter Dinklage is about the first actor oh, yeah, yeah. who m- has been in stuff that's blind to that because he is just such True. a good actor and such True. a big star. Yeah, He's kind of broke down the door a little bit, but it's still, he. they put him in the Elf movie. Right. You know, yeah, a lot yeah. of it is still, you know, based on its size. Yeah, but I, I really enjoyed the movie. I mean, it's got a lot of female characters and mm-hmm. like the... The whole, I mean, you have two sorceresses <laughs> shooting spells at each other, <laughs> slapping each other in the face, punching. Uh, there's a baby in a sacrificial bowl. It's a, it's one of the great baby performances. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the expressions this baby gives through the whole movie. I don't know what they poked and prodded that kid with to get it to make some of these faces that they put in there, but uh, it's just. It, it was, I was really impressed. Uh, yeah. So I was excited for this new show to start, you know, because everything about that was super charming. It again, it's not, I don't want to overblow it like it's the greatest movie, you know, no. and it, but, but it, it held up way better than I thought. It, um, because I was pretty young when that came out, but, and, and I really liked Willow, um, as a kid. And I remember, you know, that this Willow was a movie they even had action figures of, um, of the, of the quite a few characters, but, uh, I watched it a lot back then, but then as the years went on, we, my cousin, Jamie used to quote Willow all the time, the brownies all the time for years and years and years, you know, through high school. When I was in high school, he was older than me. And that's, you know, kind of what I remember the most uh, without really thinking about it. Now, I did not, um, I knew this was coming out. I was excited about it, but I was almost afraid to watch it a little bit. And so I, I actually, I didn't watch the first two episodes that are out until today, until this after, well, this morning and this afternoon. Um, but by the time I did, there was just so much as anything um, internet hate on it, you know, just because ugh, people are stupid and ignorant. Um, but I watched that first episode and I was just like, uh, I am enjoying this so much. And I know it's not a hundred percent authentic to Willow. That That's a hard thing to recreate. But it just felt, it felt, you know, and it does feel a little bit more teen soap opera, opera you know, Riverdale uh, almost and, and, and certain little interactions between characters. But, you know, I love Riverdale, so I'm okay with that. Um, and the dialogue wasn't quite... Willowdale. <laughs> Willowdale. That's what, it's Willowdale. Willowdale. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, there is a story of a child destined to be an empress. And the unlikely hero who would protect her. There is a balance between all things. Light and shadow. Good and evil. When that balance is upset, the universe corrects. And some of the dialogue didn't feel as, I don't know, uh, on tone with the movie and, and these two episodes. But overall, just, you know, being back and, and seeing that environment again and work, Davis and some of the other, uh, a few other returning actors um, reprising their roles. And, and along with the new, the new cast and, and, um, yeah, I just thought it was a lot of fun. I I really super enjoyed it. The story was was enough to keep me interested. Um, and with that, you know, the big reveal on the uh, at, on on the end of the first episode. Because I'll be honest with you, the first 10, 15 minutes of that first episode, I was looking at that um, that Aaron Kellyman Kellyman uh, that was in Solo. And in uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and I'm looking at her red hair, and I'm like, oh, okay, that she's going to end up being, uh, you know, what happened to Laura Dannon. So it it threw me for a curve there uh, in that first episode, but I but I was really happy. Work Dave Davis, like I said, Aaron Kellyman, Ellie Bamber, um, Ruby Cruz, Tony, uh, that Tony um, Revelori. From Spider-Man, uh, with uh, Tom Holland, those movies. I thought he was fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I like the cast. I mean, it it was it was fun for me. Did so. the, did the baby in the bowl come back for this one? Spoilers. <laughs> so yeah, can't tell you. So I I need to watch Willow. I need to watch the original film. So, Jordan, you didn't see this one yet? No, I, I'm like you. Like, I, I remember having warm feelings about Willow and like, yeah, Willow, that's cool. Or anytime there's a Willow reference in anything, it makes yeah. me laugh. Yeah. Like the uh, character in uh, Res- Reservation Dogs is named Laura Dannon. And people are, oh, yeah, Willow, I love that. Like, everyone gets the reference immediately. Like, yeah. But I just, I have no it's... recollection of it whatsoever beyond that and just didn't. I got to I, show you. What I don't like about it is it is very Knight's Tale. It's mm-hmm. mod- there's modern music stuff. The kids yeah. talk with slang that is not not uh, <laughs> true to the setting. It's ri- it's ridiculous. Like, like it's yeah. Willow it, did not do that. The movie did. That's no. not what Willow no. was. So so what you have is. Warwick Davis trying to be serious and have, you know, and these kids say, you know, it just takes some of the, uh, gravitas out of it. 
Yeah, but as a but as a Disney show, I'm I'm. It, We're I'm laughing, everyone, because I just sent them a, <laughs> them a message. <laughs> unrelated, <laughs> Unre- totally unrelated, but was really funny. Yeah, Sorry. I thought it was a baby in a basket for a second. <laughs> I can't wait to send it this. <laughs> I, I knew what picture I wanted right away. I was, I've been searching for it for the last hour. Oh, <laughs> uh, we're going to be blocked from his Facebook page. <laughs> anyway. Oh, shoot. Stuff like that. Um, but yeah, Willow, Disney Plus, Willow, uh, the series. Um, yeah, I liked it. It was fun. Fun yeah. revisiting. Yeah, I'll get. I'll keep watching. I, I was a little sad that um, you know that we're not going to get Val Kilmer, of course, but uh, right, you know, Mad Martin. I'm curious how they're going to handle that because yeah, they've they've got they can screw it up for sure. So yeah, so yeah. Um, the other big uh, Disney Plus series we've been following uh, that has wrapped up now um, in a great way was Andor. I don't really recall where we what episodes we we talked about and which ones we hadn't i was hoping jordan would have that written down we have talked about the first seven Mm. so eight through twelve we have not talked about i feel like that's a lot that's a lot (laughs) (laughs) where we left off is when he had just gotten arrested so everything mm. from the prison to oh the end, we have it. Wow. I definitely about, feel so. like I've, who've I been talking to about this? <laughs> yeah, <though? laughs> no doubt. I feel like I talked about this. I don't know. It was great. The show's freaking great. Three of the, well, I honestly think the three best Star Wars monologues ever mm. were in this show. At they, least the two. top, the top three best speeches ever made in star wars are all in this show two of them are in the prison escape uh mm-hmm. i could never remember Gollum's name what the what the heck's his name andy, andy circus. circus andy circus gives the first one yeah when they when they go to do the escape and he's talking over the mic and you know andor's there like pumping him up got got to say something better than that type thing you know <laughs> and he gives that that good speech and then turn around at the end of that episode Luthen mm. you know Stone Skarsgård the... giving the I have made my mind a sunless space you know whatever that I... it is the most epic freaking yeah. speech I'm... ever given as, the, as I cut I... and pasted the whole speech into my notes okay. but I, I can't pay, I couldn't you can't deliver it's... it the same way <laughs> oh <Yeah>. just just <laughs> pop it in here Cliff and what do you sacrifice kinship love I've given up all chance at inner peace I made my mind a sunless space I share my dreams with ghosts I wake up every day to an equation I wrote 15 years ago for which there's only one conclusion I'm damned for what I do 
my anger, my ego, my unwillingness to yield, my, my eagerness to fight, has set me on a path from which there's no escape. I yearn to be a savior against injustice without contemplating the cost, and by the time I looked down, there was no longer any ground beneath my feet. What is my, what is my sacrifice? I'm condemned to use the tools of my enemy to defeat them. I burn my decency for someone else's future. I burn my life to make a sunrise that I know I'll never see. Now the ego that started this fight will never have a, a mirror or an audience or, or the light of gratitude. So what do I sacrifice? Everything! But that, that whole thing is so incredible uh, stay and, with me, and sad and poignant to think like I what all the heroes he, just, he has had to brainwash himself to just know that he's never going to have, he has dedicated everything to this and, and knowing, and we know he has forgotten all the sacrifices he made. No one ever refers to no one knows him it is all sacrifice and the so ego, just... the ego that started this fight will never have a mirror or an audience or the light of gratitude right he no he'll never see the sunrise the this guy this guy he's talking to that's wanting out wanting some you know and he just puts him in his place like no <laughs> I what you think you're giving up stuff I am too and probably more than you so you have to do this you know it's just it's incredible as, and then as, the speech in the final episode <laughs> by Andor's mom
I was blown away again. I couldn't believe how good that was. That, you know... I, I thought, in, in after the Luthan speech, I thought, this is... The peak. Yeah. It can't get any better. There's just no freaking way. And maybe in all of Star Wars, they will ever top that right. moment. Right. And then, and then they pretty much almost they pretty much do yeah like as far as an inspiring speech it's like oh my gosh what and, what, and set up so perfectly by 12 episodes of the empire looking down on these people and that well we're too big you can't hurt us we're, you yeah. know we've ground you beneath our feet you're no, these small things can't do any damage and these people don't matter and then like having this one old woman's voice punch this giant hole through the whole the whole galaxy-wide empire is like oh you, you have to i feel like we don't this 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 is we're, we're seeing it you know we're in a, a different time now <laughs> this stuff feels very uh relevant yeah and they found a, this show you know, this is the first time for us that Star Wars feels like what I think was originally intended. Uh, those guys were coming off of a time when they made Star Wars that to us, we grew up, blah, 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 we love Star Wars, lightsabers, yeah. yada, yada. Yeah. I'm not giving us us any credit. I'm, no, sa- I'm saying no. the people that made this had parents that were in World War II. That these, these people, when they said Empire, when they said uh, Rebels, it had a different meaning to them than what it meant to us. We were like, oh, it's the Cowboys and Indians. No, no, this was, this meant something and was a reflection on a reality they grew up in. And this is the first time for us, I think that it's it's being shown to us all the sacrifice that really comes along with that. And we can reflect on what's going on in our real lives where we're dangerously close to things like this. And and went and how if you if you don't vote if you don't say something you you are choosing not to you're choosing to go along with the yeah you're complicit with the empire with you know I'm not gonna you know help you escape I'm not you know I'm just gonna put my head down and do you know make my Death Star and and it's it, it's just come full circle I think to to making Star Wars relevant again instead where our generation just really leaned into the toys and the, the fun of it. It's right. made it a serious thing that well, I think I don't, they, I don't I think know that they, they really, ever, they ever tried to, to add they the didn't depth try. in the foot. You know, it was but just in their the, minds, the guys in white hats and the guys in black hats. Yeah. But in, but I, 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 I feel like those guys making it though, still, it had yeah. a different meaning to them. Well, I mean, obviously, the the Empire, the Imperial uniforms were were purposely designed to look like Nazis. I mean that that was done on purpose. We know that, but yeah, I mean, you know, for most of us, uh, you know, our, our generation, our age, when we were growing up, you know, it was the eighties and it was just fun and everybody's on coke and and just having a great time and <laughs> buy more toys and. <laughs> And so, yeah, we just hadn't lived through that. I saw a blurb that said Gilroy, the, the creator, that he did this huge deep dive into history and like 
read and studied and researched fascist governments and like uprisings throughout history, rebe- actual rebellions in the real yeah. world to, to, to really research, how, you know, how small clusters of rebels, you know, bandit yeah formed yeah. in opposition to, to to fascist governments and so yeah he he was definitely trying to add a real world flavor to it and it, it said all the little details from the costumes to the you know the the settings the the houses and cities like just everything just every detail added a little bit of mm-hmm. texture to this it was just wonderful yeah I, the <laughs> The series, I mean, it, it, it's it's amazing some of the things they did to um, throughout the series. You know, just easing it in there, the the playing that that funeral procession through the you know at the beginning of every freaking episode leading up to it, it was just like, oh, that's what that music was like this whole time out that I'm going like, oh, this is new, this is different, and and, and um. <laughs> Going back to the to Marva's, is it Marva? Is it Marava? Yeah. Whichever. I think it's Mar. I don't know. Marva. What, what, whatever. Her her speech. Mulva. <laughs> Mulva. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Going back to that, I, I I'm glad I, I I watched it and then found some information out because uh, I'd seen something a few days later about. And I kind of going back and watching it now, I I, I think it, it's probably true, um, but they definitely I think edited out the first um, F the Empire. I think she's I'm pretty sure in the in the original yeah, yeah. she says F the Empire and they and you know Disney changed it to uh, fight fight the Empire, um, but it doesn't I, quite. I don't think I don't. I heard somebody talk about that. And I, yeah, I was like. I don't think I, even I would like that. I, I just well, don't know if that that's that word doesn't exist in Star Wars. Right. To me. I thought the same yeah. thing, but then I was like, you know, one of my I, I talked about this on the podcast. I think when Last Jedi came out, you know, uh, one of my favorite moments in Star Wars is so um, such a new thing. But in Last Jedi, when when Finn is um, is fighting, they're about to be killed, and and he ends up uh, he's fighting. Um, oh, what's her name? Um, in the silver, Phasma, Phasma, Captain Phasma. Yeah, and and she says, you know, you scum. And one of my favorite yeah. lines is when he stand up and he says, that yeah. you know, you rebel, rebel scum. scum. Yeah, I yeah, love well, that. that. My that's the S word. My my son thought that was the S word when <laughs> when he was a kid. But that's a far cry from the it, F word. Yeah, and, and I. I think in the moment, if I was watching it, I would have been like, yeah, exactly. But, but I'm glad they didn't do it but yeah. because I feel like it wouldn't have lasted long that that was fun for me. You know, I, I feel like that just doesn't feel true to star Wars. Well, that, that was my original, like, Oh, that word doesn't fit. And it's star Wars. It's for everybody. You know, you don't want to go that far, but then, you know, in that moment though, like I would have totally been like, oh, that oh, I loved it. Yeah, that was perfect. <laughs> so, but yeah, but they they don't even they they don't want that word on Disney Plus. No, so. Definitely not. Otherwise, it'd another be moment, another moment, I really it really got me 
little bit of subtlety. We, we, we spent this whole series with Mon Mothma and learning, again, the sacrifices she's making that no one's seeing. They don't know the stress she's under, the, the, the danger she's in. And, you know, it's how far she's willing to go and what, you know, how, how, how far out on the branch she's going to she's going to walk. And she's having that meeting with the you know, the guy who can get her the money, the, yeah. the shady guy. And we've established their tradition and their, you know, the arranged marriages and stuff. And he says, you know, how he has a 15 year old son. And like my jaw dropped, I'm like, holy crap. Like, is she going <laughs> to pimp out her own daughter for the rebellion? And, mm. and that whole, like, just in that one little line of just him mentioning he has a son, mm. like all this implication just crashed down like a ton of bricks. I was like, oh my God, and they are so complex. And your yeah. feelings of like, well, it's the right thing to do, but now it's not, a, you know, and will her, you know, her. She, she it's a, just that she knows it will harm her daughter, but it's for the greater good. And her, if her daughter wasn't being such a shit, <laughs> yeah. her daughter, her daughter is like to spite her. Her mm. daughter is leaning into right. all the pomp and circumstance of their position. Like she was in a arranged marriage, so her daughter is probably all for it. Her her daughter likes all the. Yeah, all the, you know, trivial things that they do and, it, you know, get getting into all this just to uh, be passive aggressive towards her mom. And well, it almost makes it worse that she's giving the daughter what the daughter thinks she wants yeah, instead right. of saving her from this life. So, yeah, it's it's almost worse than than knowing what you're, you know, knowing what I know doing. it is. It is that it, it it's so interesting to think about all the complexities of that like what she how that must be all she thinks about and to know that you've got this husband and daughter that think you're just too political you I know don't, i don't recall. why do you have to be why do you have to waste you know say you know we have people in our lives that think of us that way you know and it, it's <laughs> like somebody's gotta be somebody you know you have to think about this stuff and and to spite her, her daughter does this stuff. It's just, ugh, to to think that you're gonna go ahead and just lean into it, but then it's like it's a sacrifice that everyone else in this show is making, mm-hmm. you know, and it takes everybody. So maybe one or two people can get through. Right. Many Bothans don't make it. That's right. I don't recall seeing any husbands and daughters running around on Yavin Four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I um yeah, man, every episode was just great. I just I absolutely loved it. I mean, well, this is some good ass Star Wars. The word I hear is that regardless of viewership, Disney has got the message as far as what it how well liked this is and this um tenor Mm-hmm. is supposed to carry on in some in some other projects like they they have seen how much this has sparked with people like we don't just want the easter eggs they probably yeah. don't know what to do with a star wars show that everybody likes and there's yeah. not half the people complaining yeah about. this show actually um they they took it from disney plus and they were airing it on abc 
um, Freeform, yeah. Hulu, and, and that's that's the first one they've done that with. And I wasn't at first. I was like, oh, they're they're trying to catch a you know a, a wider net, they're cast a wider net, catch a bigger audience, um, doing that. But then I was like, it's just so good. It's so good. Um, so I don't know. There's a, uh, you know, among, um, after my Disney trip, I was kind of, you know, I, I pointed out some, some problems, um, that I experienced in the parks and stuff. And then, you know, before I even got the episode edited, Chapek was out. We had the Bob switcheroo. Chapek was out and Iger was brought in. And since then, there's been all these different rumors and this and that going around. And of course, with that, you know, uh, came the, the, the Kathleen Kennedy issue. Is she going to be around? They're going to get, you know, they're going to shove her out the door too. And, um, so I'm curious to see, because that's been, you know, that's been the narrative here for a few weeks now about like with the show, of this is the best Star Wars Disney has done. Even though the Mandalorian is a, you know, it's a juggernaut, but as far as the, the content, this is, this is where it should be going. And I'm fine. There's room for both. Like the Mandalorian is a fun action Western. This is more like a Oscar drama type thing. Like, you know, we have a deeper, more dramatic series and we have a fun episodic, adventure series that's perfectly fine to have to have a little bit of everything like we say about the marvel movies they don't all have to be the same tone the same genre the same style so yeah um, i did not hear the thing about the f word i didn't hear any of that but i did write down there was a quote i really wanted but it didn't happen but uh luthan talking to saw guerrera he says for the greater good call it what you will and he says, let's call it war. And I really wanted one of them to turn and say, Star War. They were doing I that. I would have looked back and been like, you're mm. right that in the Mandalorian, they would have said Star <laughs> yeah, War. Yeah, totally. But they knew where to stop in this one. They're like, people will get it. Yeah. They're all saying Star War in their houses. <laughs> Um, the other thing, the, the torturer, the guy that played the, the sound that haunted Bix yeah. was named Dr. Gorst and he was a real creepo. I really want to meet Dr. Junior. Gorst Jr. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I started, in my head, I started calling him Dr. Gorst Jr. <laughs> um, so at the end, Cyril rescues, uh, Miro. Yeah. We've been we've been shipping the two awful Dedra. Imperials, Dedra, Miro, and Cyril Karn. They all end up at the funeral together. So what what do we think of that? That was a very charged scene. Oh boy. That was oh, there's some sparks. There, yeah, there some was some fascist acting. sparks flying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm glad there was no there you know, there was no kiss or anything there. Mm. Um that would have seemed so silly. Uh yes. <laughs> but uh yeah, I feel it, like they're just, you know, that was not exactly where I thought it was going to go, but uh, it definitely had a different prediction. But uh, which, I, 
I don't like, I don't want things to work out for him. Like, no, definitely no. There's two things. Those were the two things that I thought I did that I didn't like the way they play. I don't, I'm not saying it's wrong or anything. I'm sure, you know, whatever. But I wanted him to just be forgotten. I wanted him to be a try hard, you know, that doesn't, that just gets eaten up by the system. Yeah, doesn't work like a, out. Like a soggy bowl of cereal. Yeah. And I, <laughs> yeah, just another pu- blue puff. I, I also am not into the post-credits where we find out that the pieces they've been making, he's building the Death Star, that ultimately he will help blow up. Yeah. I wanted... That will blow up him. I would have (laughs) so much more loved to find out that what they were making that they were making nothing mm-hmm. that they were just keeping them busy. Yeah. It was all, that it just, was all that, mm-hmm. that it was just a, a part of space trash that they <laughs> were throwing onto in a, a dump somewhere. Uh, that maybe the, the, if you get transferred off of this, that you go take those apart or something, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, I, I would have thought that was so much it was just a busy work to keep them the well, busy. well, the whole the whole problem I I I think I would have had with that had that happened that way was like he was arrested for doing nothing. Yeah, you know, he was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Cassian was. Well, and, they, they they got detained because there were some protesters that were running by him, and yeah. and he gets arrested for not for doing nothing. Gets sentenced for uh, you know uh, an unruly amount of time that turns out to be forever because they're just transferring prisoners. Once their, their sentence goes up, they transfer them to another prison to do more work until they die. Because and, people are rebelling currently. That's their reason though. Yeah. You know, they, it, I mean, I feel like the implication there, you're saying that they're doing this to just get people to work on the death star. And I, yeah. I felt like they were do, I felt like that wasn't what they were telling us in the show it was they were arresting these people because People are starting to rebel. Let's just snatch them all up. So I would have loved if it was just them just giving them something to do. And, I, I think I think that the funeral on Ferrix was really like to me it was the first or at least one of or mostly the first open re, you know sign of rebellion. Everything else has been a robbery or it's been you know just kind of kept. They're trying to to keep themselves right. secret but they were like they were talking about it in their meetings like yeah. everybody yeah you know that was a that was the issue why they upped the sentences and stuff that's why they said it there wasn't like it wasn't for the public they said it we were seeing the inner meetings where they said that's what why they were going to up the sentences they didn't say so we can build the death star right i, I saw people arguing this exact same thing online whether yeah. we needed that or not and also i saw people saying they thought it was just busy work but to me, this doesn't feel like just a, hey, it's a Star Wars reference. Like, you know, the Death Star is a very iconic thing. That's what these yeah. shows, they put in these, these you know, sets and, and species and stuff. But I don't, this one felt earned in a way of like, this is what it's all been leading to. Like, we've, right. we've shown the Empire growing. Their reach is expanding. It's harder to keep these outer rim planets in line. Like, it's all leading to the Death Star. Like, that's, and, you know. As far as where the you know that's where New Hope starts, that's where this is the prequel to the you that's know where Andor in, ends. 
yeah, in story wise and in you know meta storytelling wise, it's all leading to the Death Star. So that made sense. I just to think me. it's so this this shows so they've done such a good job of not being obvious. And the obvious mm. thing has been they were making yeah, I parts get of the Death Star. I, I get that too. Um, I just think I. <laughs> like it's, it's i just think uh, that's what the everybody you just knew that they were going to be making parts of the death star so i wanted something else so yeah. it just seemed like it wasn't some big fucking reveal yeah whatever yeah, again, i love a, the show that, that adds to the you know the the metaphor of the prison industrial complex and the yeah keeping people bound and you know the, having the state exploit you know, slave labor out of prisoners, but you know, that's, yeah, that's a thing that's still, I wish they were making cereal. I wish they were making cereal (laughs) (laughs) or spoons to eat the cereal. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess you would, it would have to be a in charge of, yeah, just Cyril's to... mom is in charge of the whole complex <laughs> right, just to right. keep the cereal stock. <laughs> yeah. No, I saw a, um, I saw a guy make a, a TikTok video and just was you know cereal like, corn what what is taking us so long <laughs> but he 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 was just making a comment like if you're if you can you know if you watch andor and and you're still not anti-fascist then you know by the end you will be when when the empire knocks over uh uh b2 emo um <laughs> to stop the recording like uh, it's just uh, even that like them just kick you know that poor anxiety ridden robot that playing poor little guy's never gonna leave his charge <laughs> never <laughs> i love uh, the i love the idea that they can't even tell the droid information because he can't emotionally handle it <laughs> they can't use him as part of their plans because you know have because he can't take it can you handle one lie you know that that's that's just such a good idea yeah that was a good idea and i watched you know through the credits because i knew there was a mid-credit scene and i happened to catch a line in the credits there's a gentleman credited as Star Wars lore advisor. Mm-hmm. So that is a job. There's a guy who advises you on the lore. Pablo Hidalgo. He's been How about in, that. He's been with them for years. Um, yeah, in various roles. But yeah, yeah. It, oh, you I put see. that out, out on Facebook or something. I was just like, I was kind of chuckling as I was reading it. But then I was How like, do I oh. get that job. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, Pablo. Like I, I've heard that name for years on podcasts yeah. and things. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just Pablo's job. No big deal. I saw a quote he gave. It was like trying to explain his job. He said, "My my job isn't to is isn't to go up to somebody and say, hey, that dog can play basketball. It's they say, you know, it's my job to say, no, there's no reason that dog couldn't play basketball. <laughs> like he, he's just a trying." Like keep it all uh, sorted, which again, I see people attack, uh, you know, Ryan Johnson or even like Taika Waititi on the Marvel movie. These guys are not giant nerds to know every piece of lore out there. Like they're filmmakers. Yeah. It's not their job to know every alien species name and how they interact and what happened in all these novels. So 
yeah, if you can have some people around that can guide you to just say, uh, that wouldn't work there for that reason. You know, I, you know, we can't expect people behind the scenes to have the same passion as the fans. Well, that, that, you know, that was, that was part of George's job for, for all those years. You know, George ultimately said, oh yeah, yeah, we can, he can do that or we, we can do that or no, 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 that doesn't exist. That was George's job. So we got to, you know, somebody's got to do it because George ain't around anymore. Is that the keeper of the wills or whatever that is? Right. That, is keeper of the lore. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, did you guys watch, um, while we're on Star Wars, did you uh, did you watch that Tales of the Jedi on Disney Plus, the animated? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Well, I think I said it I watched, started the first episode, watched like 10 minutes, hated it, mm-hmm. and didn't watch it again for a couple days. Then I went back. Because somebody said it was good, and yeah. I literally loved every other episode. Mm-hmm. Than the I didn't like the first one, yeah. But all the rest of them were so <clears throat> lore-filled, integral stories that I think tied. I think they mm-hmm. were all great. I, yeah. They were short. It, it's. I mean, I don't even think you, it would take an hour and a half to watch all of them. Like it. No, I watched them all were, back. They were back short and and. I, I enjoyed them all. If, you, I had if you've a, seen the Clone Wars and stuff, definitely. I had a customer. The day they came out, I had a customer ask, oh, did you watch those the Star Wars animated things? I, did, I hadn't even heard these were out. I go, oh, which ones? And he said, the Visions. And I said, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I watched uh... those. <laughs> and then we had a half-hour conversation where it slowly dawned on me, I have not seen what he's – I had no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> so he was talking about Ahsoka, did this, and did this. I was like – do I tell him I didn't watch what he's talking yeah. about? Or I just fake my life. No, <laughs> then that conversation would have been even longer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what happened to Yaddle. Please tell me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there, there was some good stuff. I thought it was pretty good. Pretty, uh, you know, um, just fit that one more puzzle piece to, to fit into that big picture for. I loved all the Dooku stuff. I mm. was made, it made. It made it make more sense. Yeah. You know, why why are you the way that you are? <laughs> like you you really got to see a lot of the steps in his progression to where he ended up. So uh, I and you know, I started doing some research afterwards of what you know, there's books that fill some of that stuff in too, and I was kinda interested. Like I I like you know, it's just nice to find out why they did, you know, some of that stuff. Hmm. Some more meaningful scenes that you wish might've been in some of the movies. Exactly. I do. Yeah. That was when those prequels were out originally came out. That was a, you know, I just wasn't all that into them and, and clone wars for so many people, um, being so much more detailed and, and giving you more story, um, good story that, that helped, a lot of people, I think, uh, like that era of Star Wars again. So, okay. Well, what? Wait. Well, I think I have another Disney Plus thing I watched. Hmm. It's no big deal, but I have, uh, you know, I've been to a million concerts, but a concert I always wanted to go to was like Elton John, Billy Joel. I love both of them. Grew up like when we cleaned house when I was growing up. You threw on Elton John's greatest hits or Billy Joel's greatest hits, mm-hmm. and you know, it was every Saturday just, morning, yeah, it was exactly that's when you cleaned after the cartoons were over, 
about the time Lane the Lost came on, it was time mm-hmm. to start vacuuming. But uh, he did his last American concert. Yeah. Uh, Dodger, Dodger they, Stadium. They aired it live on Disney Plus, and I was on vacation home that night, so I just watched it. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I finally got to see him, and it was it was really good. It was really good. I agree. I liked it too. pretty neat thing to, to live stream it the way they did um i think i mentioned you know that that's there were a bunch of, of course celebrities and and, and yeah. disney executives at that concert and bob Ch- chapek was supposed to be part <laughs> of it and that's when you know people's phones started ringing uh hey bob's out the door um right before don't let him introduce this yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly yeah. So, but um yeah i thought it was really great you know the the it's so you know elton john's I guess sometimes for me, I forget, I forget, you know, he's like this 80 year old man now. Yeah. And, and he just, uh, he plays song and then stayed up and go, <laughs> and it's not like that. And play their song. <laughs> it's hilarious, but he's just so lovable. And then, and you knew what was going to be the last song when he played yellow brick road. It was like, I felt mm-hmm. like a part of some, I was like, I'm watching this live, him playing his last live goodbye yellow brick road in America. You know, that was, you know, a kind of a sentimental thing in that moment. Like that's that album was yeah. just great back to back. And he played everything you wanted to hear and, and just sounded great. So a couple, you know, there, there was like one song I feel like I never had heard it was on some oddball album. And I was like, wow, another great song. And I, I never <laughs> yeah. heard it before. Yeah. I love seeing, you know, all the, all the people, um, out on the infield, Wearing the yeah. uh, the nineteen you know his nineteen seventies Dodger you know the glitter sparkly yep. uniform yeah. so dressed up like he he was back then so anyway that was a neat thing I you know that 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 kind of stuff I'm glad they offer you know yeah yeah when when moments like that happen somebody shows them <laughs> right I um. Disney, keeping on Disney Plus, I watched. Uh, I mentioned to you guys a couple days ago that I watched uh, kind of like a documentary style um, program on there called Mickey: The Story of a Mouse. Three simple circles, a quarter and two dimes, probably the most universal symbol ever created by man or mouse. <laughs> what is it about Mickey Mouse? Mickey Mouse to me is light. There's like a lot of dark in the world, and he's hope. It's magical to be able to channel all of our hopes and dreams, the innocence that we eventually lose and would like back. Never lose sight of one thing, that it was all started by a mouse. The story of Walt and Mickey wasn't just one continual success after success. It was stumble after stumble. Mickey Mouse started in the Roaring Twenties, but almost immediately the Depression fell. You have groups saying, we want Mickey to help get us through World War II. The American dream has suffered, but Mickey is able to bring that back. 
Just like America splits in the 60s, Mickey Mouse splits as well. And those coexist in this one character. If you have an issue with authority, Mickey Mouse is your guy. Mickey has taken the world by storm. This is something otherworldly. He gets so big that he becomes this reflection of who we are. How is that even possible with this <laughs> little mouse? What would a culture from another planet think? And um, I wasn't exactly sure what I was getting into, how they were going to approach it, if it was just going to be documentary style, straight up, you know, very fluff. Um, Mickey's the greatest thing that ever happened in the history of of the world. Um, and there was a little bit of that, <laughs> but, uh, uh, the description said a look at Mickey's evolution into different versions of himself that reflect his creator, meaning Walt and society's, um, change during that time period. And I thought that was a pretty good description of, of what they had. Um, and, and as they're telling it throughout the, the show, um, it's showing uh, an artist, well, artist, making a new Mickey short for the show, which was pretty right. cool. Using um, a reference of older animation um, from different time periods, you know, from Steamboat Willie to Fantasia to the 1950s Mickey Mouse Club and, and, and onward um, throughout time. And then at the end of the, at the end of the program, they showed you, you got to watch the actual short, but which made it better, made the short better because it gave us this long history lesson, um, on, on how we got to that point where we are now with the character. But, um, it was really cool just showing him, you know, like I said, the different versions his you know, different aspects of his personality, how he started out you know, uh, back in the black and white cartoons of, you know, Mickey could punch somebody, Mickey could get angry. Mickey could do a lot of show, a lot of emotion and how that was taken away and given to, um, other characters like Donald, Donald, you know, became Mickey's anger. Goofy became M Mickey's, um, playfulness, um, and curiosity sometimes. And, and just how they incorporated different things they took from Mickey into other characters so they could still show you that, but not, you know, to where um, Mickey just became something that there are things he can't do anymore at certain points in, in history, you know, especially throughout World War II. And, and it was an honest, um, there was some uh, unusual honesty from the, from the corporation about those, you know, old... Um, 1930 shorts of Mickey and blackface and racism and, and, you know, just not representing everybody. And, uh, so that was nice. It was refreshing. Um, I highly enjoyed it. And at the end of the thing, you, you really felt, I don't know. It, uh, I was feeling the love for Mickey again. And, uh, um, who was a lot of times overlooked, you know, and just kind of seen as uh, almost a bland, you know, just goody two shoes character. And, um, that's not really the case. So, so it's pretty neat. Um, so check that out. If you get a chance, um, on top of that, Disney has just released something they haven't done in 90, 95 plus years or something. Um, they did another short and released another, uh, uh, Oswald Walt's original character, Oswald, the lucky rabbit that, um, 
you know, was a, a very popular character before Mickey Mouse uh, ever existed. And Walt kind of had him stolen away um, through Universal. And Universal took most most of uh, Walt's artist in uh, his animation company. And they kind of had to start over again. And that's how we got Mickey Mouse. So they that's out there. You can check that out. Look it up online at pretty much anywhere. It was fine. Um, but yeah, probably the best thing that ever happened was losing Oswald. Um, so Mickey could be born, um, because Mickey is way better than Oswald, the lucky rabbit, um, who, in case you didn't know how Disney got the rights back, um, just a few years ago to Oswald, they, um, traded the sportscaster Al Michaels, um, to NBC. Uh, and in return, we got Oswald. They got Al Michaels, so he didn't know that. So, um, anybody watch the new series? I guess uh, the Santa Clauses with Tim Allen. I watched the first episode. Um, didn't really. I don't know. I kind of got interrupted. I'll probably go back before Christmas is over. It's got Cal Penn in it. I like Cal Penn. Um, so it, it's uh, continuing. The Santa Claus movies starring Tim Allen and various others. Um, as uh, This is basically a story of like him, you know, being older and getting to that, you know, retirement age more or less and um, finding a successor uh, to be the new Santa Claus. So um, also doesn't somebody, have to, doesn't somebody have to kill him? Is it like? Yeah, the lorry. He's somebody's <laughs> got to fall off a roof. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so it's all about that. Um, there's a few episodes. Like I said, I just watched the first one so far, and then um, there's a new. It's Christmas time. We've been talking about Christmas. Uh, there's a new stop motion style animated um, Mickey Mouse and Friends special on Disney Plus called Mickey Saves Christmas. Uh, where Mickey and friends uh, get, spend are planning on spending Christmas at his cozy, snowy cabin in the woods, um, and somehow he Mickey loses Pluto's um, chew toy, and it causes Santa to crash his sleigh, and all the presents for all the kids get spilled in the crash, and uh, so the children of Hot Dog Hills. Um, aren't gonna... <laughs> I knew you'd like that. Sorry. The children of Hot Dog Hills. <laughs> yes, the children of Hot Dog Hills are not going to get uh, Christmas this year, so Mickey and friends have to go to the North Pole and save Christmas. Um, so I watched it. It was um, it was fine. I liked it. It was cute for li- little kids. Uh, the animation style is not used enough, um, but this is very Mickey Mouse Clubhouse type you know, age group and vibe, um, as far as that goes. So I think that's all I got on that. I don't know why all this Disney talk is reminding me to mention that Atlanta is over mm. <laughs> at our fourth and final season wrapped up the show. Donald Glover, Brian Tyree, Henry, Zazie beats, Lakeith Stanfield. Phenomenal ending. The, the, the previous two seasons, I don't think were didn't live up to the the you know the first season was terrific, 
and then it didn't quite live up to everyone's expectations, I don't think. But this fourth season I thought was terrific. I especially yeah. love the last few episodes. Everyone got a spotlight. Everyone got a kind of a solo episode or you know, real intensive uh, character episode. One of them was even yep. about Disney. We tried to get Cliff to watch it, but he won't do it. Uh, I, yeah, I've had a lot going on. So I'm going to watch it though, but I, I, I kind of, I'm kind of want to watch Atlanta and I want to watch the whole series, you know, getting to that episode, but yeah. So anyway, but I, I adored the final episode. I thought it was such a perfect send off for this show where they get invited to a high end sushi restaurant with a black owner and they don't want to go. And they spend the whole time looking out the window at the Popeyes next door. And they just want to go to Popeyes. <laughs> and I thought that's such a perfect thing to show is the balance between the high culture and the low culture. The high, like, you know, we have to support this black-owned business who's taking, you know, he's taking risks. And he's he's doing the high-minded, you know. Yeah. But he might it was poison a little on the nose. He but... might poison us with this bluefish. We don't trust that he know, we know what he's doing. And it's in an old blockbuster. But we also just want to have fun and eat Popeyes and eat this salty, greasy stuff. So, like, I, I thought that was such a perfect metaphor at the end. I, I, I loved it so much. But, yeah, very strong into a groundbreaking series over there on FX. Yeah, I'm sad, sad it's uh, going away because, you know, I hope – he knows what his next move is, uh, you know, because he's uh, the community such... movie. That's what it's going to be. Yeah, coming no. back for that community that, movie. That ain't it. <laughs> that's what I mean. I if if that was it, I'd be like, that's your that's your move. No, but he's not doing that as far as later. I, I want to know what his next. I mean, I'm assuming a movie. You know, I'm assuming he will create. You know, do something smart as him. He's so talented. Yeah, it's cool. Those other three people were basically unknown from this show and are now big superstars and have right. had great film careers. So, yeah, I feel like Donald Glover <laughs> deserves to get out there and have the same thing. Uh, we also had Westworld canceled. Warner Brothers that is, is so still, fun with me. Warner Brothers <laughs> is still chopping budgets and cutting projects. So. The creators, Nolan and Lisa Joy, thought they were going to have a fifth season to wrap everything up. That was their plan to kind of bring it all home in some capacity, but they're just going to let it drop. And HBO has let shows go longer than they should have because of mm-hmm. critical acclaim or you know even cult audiences. Even shows that weren't getting great viewership, they let tell their full story, but not this one. We're, <laughs> we're chopping the legs off, and I, I was debating coming back for a fifth season. I, I these last two have completely lost me. I don't I don't even know what's going on in the show. So I, we're, we're I, never going to get a full. full I would have watched it knowing it was the last season, but I the show was terrible the last two years. So I saw people say maybe they'll do the Deadwood thing in a few in a few years. We'll get a movie to wrap it all up or whatever. But whatever. I just I'm I don't not, know. I don't I don't, I don't hear people out there you know asking for that yeah i i'm glad i quit watching it (laughs) um just i i feel uh yeah i feel like i made a good decision there and one show 
one show that will never be canceled, no matter how much it fights. Yellowstone is back for a fifth season. <laughs> Guys, this is the most watched thing on TV. Remember when this first came out and yeah. we talked about it? And it was yeah. this weird little show Yellow that Dale. had bears attacking yeah. people. And oh, <laughs> no, this is the most beloved show. So season four brought in 8 million viewers. It was the most watched cable telecast since a 2018 episode of The Walking Dead. So it had already, so season one, you know, it came out on streaming and you know, built an audience, word of mouth. Like again, it's not, it doesn't have a whole lot of cultural cachet. I don't see a lot of think pieces being written about it or memes, but just people are watching it. So, so it built its audience little by little, and then said season four exploded with these eight million viewers. Viewership shot up a hundred and four percent between the premieres of season three and season four. So the opener for season three drew 4.2 million and the fourth season premiere was 6.6 million beating Game of Thrones. So that was last season. Season five that just premiered a few weeks ago was the most watched scripted TV premiere of the year. It was up double digits in every demographic, including 52% for the 18 to 35 year old, which is the key uh, advertising demographic. Mm -hmm. So even from... It shot up last season huge. It shot up 52% more this season. 8.8 million viewers in its first airing on Paramount Network, which was up 10% from season four. So it is up. Uh, they added, when it premiered, they, they also premiered on the CMT, TV Land. Like it was one of those, they premiered on like five channels. And so between all of those, it was 12.1 million viewers for the premiere of this season. So this is it, guys. This is the this is the pinnacle of TV right now. I dropped off on it. I just was not there. It has things I like, but I, I really just kind of got sick of the same. You know, Beth was a novelty that eventually wore me out. Like I, I, I have not. She's not worn me out yet. Yes. <laughs> I, I love Beth. But I feel like the problem is a lot of these 12.1 million viewers are, remember, you know, we talked about Breaking Bad or any of these shows where you don't realize you're rooting for the villain. That's what I mean. I, that was another thing is I feel like I don't want necessarily want to contribute to this show succeeding <laughs> because it's so red, you know? Yeah, yeah. Which I, Taylor Sheridan, the creator, gave some interview. People were asking him about creating TV for right-wing Americans. And he's he started listing all the things the show is about, like the plight of Native Americans, gentrification of these cities and all this stuff. He's like, I, I don't see any of that as, as, as right-wing. It's like, well... The right-wing yeah. does. Yeah, they do. <laughs> so this, this season, uh, Kevin Costner just won. He's now governor of Montana. And the whole thing is because he's a straight shooter and he tells people, you know, it says like it is. And it, it, he wants to keep all these people from New York and California out of this state who are just coming in as tourists and are, are ruining it. They're their traditional values and all this stuff. So, yeah, it's very it's very heartland of America sort of thing with lots of crimes and murders and <laughs> Beth yelling at people. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm still watching it, but I I. 
I've always watched. Well, I said we called it we called it Yellowdale because it was we knew how silly it was. So I've always watched it with a grain of salt. I'm not I'm not really invested in the characters. It's it's a very soap opera y. So yeah, but it has it again without a lot of internet presence or whatever. It's built this huge traditional audience. It like an old school way, like an old you know TV used to through word of mouth and and people just telling their neighbors to tune in. But I can't. It streams on Peacock. This is yeah. the show is premiered on the Paramount Network, and yeah. they're so short sighted. The, the streaming wars nonsense has happened so fast that Paramount let their best viewed show in history because they didn't have a streaming network when it premiered five years ago, and now they have Paramount Plus, and I'm sure would love to have this show on there, but they they gave it to Peacock. They gave the rights to Peacock, so. Good business, guys. <laughs> it's sad. Hmm. It's sad. <sighs> I finished Lock and Key. I know you asked me months ago if I ever watched the third season yet. I finally time. did while I was on vacation. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I was happy with it. I had a nice sentimental ending. Felt like they wrapped things up really well. I thought, feel like they did it timely so that kid from it did not get too tall and he still looked like a kid by the end of the series. So, and they, you know, I thought the casting was really well done, you know, really well done. And everybody was good in it. It, It's not the books, the books are better, but that's, you could say that about anything that you are in love with in its original form. Uh, I I just really thought they did a good job changing things so it was different from the books and still made it, you know, interesting to me, you know, and I I don't know. What did you think? Yeah, I also thought the ending was really satisfying, especially some, you know, where Netflix gets such a bad rap. They always cancel stuff too early. And so many of these shows like Westworld, we're never going to get the end. So like to have a show that had an arc planned out and filmed it, you know, the way they wanted to and ended it the right way, I thought was really strong. My biggest criticism is what through the whole series is not using the keys. That's the whole, <laughs> we, we have a house full yeah. of magic keys and this season was even more blatant. I, I, I know it's budgetary things, whatever, yeah. but like these people are going to attack our house. They run to the kitchen and grab knives. Yep. Like you have magical weapons. <laughs> Use them. We got wings and dark, yeah. dark shadow monsters and all stuff. So like, yeah, when they when I, I forget which one of them pulls a knife out of the thing like a horror movie, it's like you. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is a. Uh, you know what? I agree. <laughs> I'm not gonna argue with you. <laughs> that was definitely weird. Definitely weird. But I over yeah, that's just a minor gripe. But I I. I definitely liked it. I liked the kids. I thought that was, they were really well done. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I watched other stuff, but we got the, we talked about the goodest things. I think we did it. That works. Worked for me. Yeah, that's okay. Happy Life Frank. Day. Yeah, I don't know what the, I don't know how to end this. What have we talked about? Buttholes. 
Death stars. Oh, that's what that would have been a great twist. Those circular things they were making were, were buttholes. <laughs> De- Death star buttholes. Oh. Uh, gonna be a lot of rebels pitching fits, swatting and howling. <laughs> Can you show them what they've been working on? What is my sacrifice? It's all those buttholes. Thank you for listening. We hope you're having a wonderful holiday season, and we thank you for spending some of it with us. We will be back soon with more. My name is Jordan Lynn. I'm Laura Dannon. That threw me. No one knows what you're talking about except me. And I'm like, wait a minute. You're not a Laura Dannon. Oh, I'm Willa. Bye forever. Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. All original content is property of www.udownwithkpp.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a comment. Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and wherever podcasts can be found. You can connect with us through social media on Facebook, YouTube, at the Kapow Podcast on Twitter, or email the show Kapow the Pop Culture Podcast at gmail.com. If you really want to go the extra mile, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash KPP for special content and access to Patreon-only benefits. We are grateful for anyone who chooses to contribute, but please know that most of our content will remain free. So please continue to like, comment, and share.